Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are so encouraged to know that God is using the ocean to impact your life through the ministry of the word. Knowing that your life is being transformed is exactly why we exist. As our vision says, we exist to know Jesus and make him known. So sit back, relax, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your life through this message. Ocean Church. Man, I am so, so, so excited and privileged to be here with you this morning. I consider it a great honor to be able to share the Word of God with you today. And uh, this, this week is our second week in our sermon series entitled, When the Church Prays. And tomorrow, get excited, tomorrow as a church we'll begin a 21-day journey of earnestly seeking the Lord through prayer and fasting. We begin this month with an intentional focus on prayer because, as Effie said last week, the things that matter the most to the life of the Ocean Church cannot be accomplished without prayer. We can't make people receive salvation. We can't make people desire a deeper relationship with God. We can't make people bold and caring witnesses. None of us, no matter how talented or meticulous we may be, can fulfill the mission and the vision of the church by ourselves. Only God can through answering our prayers. Only God can connect people to Jesus. Only God can help people grow in relationship through discipleship and through the study of the word. Only God can lead people to a place of service. And only God can give people the desire and the passion to go and reach all the nations in fulfilling the Great Commission. Brothers and sisters, the things that I just mentioned, these are the mission and the vision of our church. This is why we exist, connect, grow, serve, and go. But we cannot do these things unless we become a people of prayer. I'm going to say that again, just so we understand. We will never be able to connect, grow, serve, and go unless we become a people of prayer. There are so many things we can do to influence our families, the community, and our nation for Christ after we pray, but there is nothing, absolutely nothing, no matter how hard we try, there is nothing we can do to influence our communities for Christ until we pray. With that, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing us here, Lord, to your house to hear from you, Heavenly Father. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters, Heavenly Father, and for myself, Lord, as we Continue to learn about prayer, Heavenly Father, and your desire for us to connect with you and to be intimate with you, Father God, that we will go deeper, Heavenly Father. Open our hearts, Father God. Open our minds, Father God. Holy Spirit, give us the confidence. Give us the ability. Give us the desire to seek the Lord's face in prayer. Father, it's in your mighty and holy name I pray. Amen. So I'd like to ask you this morning to please turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. We will read from verse 9 to 13. Now, as you're finding your way there, I'm going to give a bit of context. The scripture we're going to be reading today is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. And it falls in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And in chapter 6, Jesus gives his disciples instructions for how they should live, the values that they should have. And particularly, he's talking about 
prayer. Now, in the preceding verses, before we get to our scripture for today, he's telling them how they should not pray. Because there's a way that we should pray, there's a way that we should not pray. So Jesus is giving them instructions first on don't pray like this, don't pray like this. But what we're going to focus on today is how we should pray. So please turn with me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. Uh, Let us read together. It says, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of God. Perhaps the most overlooked word in the Lord's Prayer is the one that is the first and most commonly repeated, the word our. When we see Jesus praying, he addresses God as my Father. However, when he teaches the disciples how to pray, he switches from my to our. Prayer was never meant to just be a personal thing that is for you. It's meant to be done in community with other believers. Prayer may be a... Sorry. (laughs) This means that every time we we pray, we should actively reject an individual mindset. We are not just individuals with a relationship with God, but we are part of a family that has the same access to God. Corporate is a corporate exercise. And as Effie shared last week, corporate prayer is simply us coming together to pray. Jesus reminds us that as we enter into a relationship with God, we enter into a relationship with his people. When Christ saves us, we are saved into his body, the church. Jesus is making a profound statement about the nature of prayer and the Christian life. And again, this is something that Effie said really well in one of his sermons in the I Am In series. Our prayer life, our prayer life may be private, but it's nonetheless corporate, right? Our prayer lives can never be something that we do for ourselves. They are in the context of us being a family of believers. There's something inconsistent about praying with the words our, us, and we, but never actually going out to experience the us and we in prayer. So it's, it just doesn't make sense to me how we can say, our Father, give us this day, forgive us our sins as we forgive, but we never make the time to go out and join with other believers to pray together. We must be a people who join hands and pray together. Therefore, the Lord's Prayer is an invitation not only to prayer, but to corporate prayer. Now, one of the most interesting passages of Scripture is found in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1. This is when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Now, the thing that makes this passage fascinating is not the fact that they're asking Jesus to teach them something, because Jesus is God. Jesus is wise. He's often referred to as rabbi and teacher. The reason this request is fascinating is because it's the only account in the scriptures that we see the disciples asking Jesus to teach them something. They never asked Jesus to teach them how to cast out demons, how to heal the sick, but they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And as I was doing my research for this message, I was just asking myself, why would they want to learn how to pray? Why not these other things? And I think the answer is found in verse, in, in chapters 9 and 10 of Luke, when Jesus sends out, sends out his disciples and anoints them 
to preach and perform miracles. We also see in chapter 9 and 10 that Jesus receives five loaves and two fish. He gives thanks to the Father, and those things are multiplied. But not only that, Jesus tells his disciples in chapter 10 that you need to pick up your cross and follow me. So I believe that the two reasons they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray is because they realized that the power behind Jesus' ministry was directly linked to prayer. But not only that, they also realized that to be followers of Christ, to be able to pick up that cross and to follow Christ, that they would need to be a people of prayer. Now, Jesus did not necessarily teach his disciples the technique of prayer, but rather he taught them the truth. And here's the truth. Prayer matters because it works. Better yet, prayer works because of whom we pray to. God is willing and able to answer prayer. Prayer is the Lord's appointed way of fulfilling his will here on earth. Now, just think about that for a second. Prayer is the Lord's appointed way of fulfilling his will here on earth. It pleases the Lord when we pray. And as Jesus' disciples, we need to pray. This is something I'm going to say over and over again. As Jesus' disciples, we need to pray. We were created to be a praying people, but we desperately just like the disciples also need instructions on how we should pray. How then should we pray? Jesus says in verse 9 of Matthew 6, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, you know, for me, it's, that title is just mind-blowing. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. It's... It's something that we should not even be able to get past. God is our Father. Our Father resides in heaven. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We have access to the creator of this world. God is our Father. And in the Bible, God is identified by many titles throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. He's called Most High God, Lord Almighty, King of Kings, and even the Judge of the Earth. However, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus does not refer to, any of, to him as a, with any of these Old Testament titles. Instead, he reveals a new title for God, our Father. In Aramaic, the word he used is Abba. And the word, this word is best translated in English as the word Daddy. It's a term of affection, Daddy. Now, I want you to think, for those of you who are fathers, right, think about your, your kids when they run up to you, when they see you, Daddy, Abba, Abba, this is the type of term it is. It's something that is filled with affection. It's not just Father, but it's Daddy. It goes deeper than that. There's more emotion to it. Now, Jesus teaching his disciples to refer to God in this way must have come as a serious shock because in those days, as I just said, Jesus, God was distant from his people. He was viewed as distant from his people, Right? And the religious leaders of the time, when they heard Jesus referring to God as Abba in such an affectionate way, it would drive them crazy because you don't have the right to call God Father. You are unworthy to call God Father, but we who tithe, who fast, we can call God Father, but you cannot. So this was something that must have blown the minds of his disciples. 
When Jesus was teaching his disciples to call God Abba, he was introducing something different. He was introducing intimacy with God. Amen. And his disciples must have thought, Rabbi, we, we are not worthy to call God Abba. You can have that relationship with him, but we, we can't. And sadly, I feel that many of us today feel the same way. We feel that we can't have intimacy with God. But I'm here to tell you that is a lie from the devil. God created us for relationship with him. God created us to be intimate with him. So by instructing his disciples and us to start calling God our father, God elevated their status and ours from sinner to saint, from commoner to a royal child of God, and from complete stranger to adopted child. The power of prayer lies in these two words, our Father. That is where the power of prayer comes from, the fact that we can call God our Father, the fact that God is our Father. That's what gives us power, and that's what should give us confidence. Before, because when we go before God, he's not a stranger, but he is our Father. Amen. These words also remind us that prayer is not just a religious act. It's a relationship. He's our Father in heaven, holy and righteous, and we are his children. And when Jesus died on that cross and the veil was torn, he opened a door for us to have a new relationship with God. Because of the cross, we can now call God Abba. We have these privileges only because of the cross and love of Jesus Christ. See what kind of love the Father has for us, that we should be called children of God. We can have intimacy with God our Father. And you know what? There's tremendous power and privilege in that. I want you to think about it this way. God, in the beginning, spoke this world into being. God is all-powerful. God is ever-present. God is all-knowing, but yet in spite of all his power, in spite of all his wisdom, he determined that our prayers, you and I, our prayers are how he accomplishes his will here on earth. When we say that God is all-knowing, it means that we don't tell him anything that he doesn't know. When we say God is all-powerful, we don't, add, we don't give him the strength to do anything that he can't really do on his own. But he has determined that our prayers are what move him into action. Prayer gives us access to God's knowledge, presence, and power. And knowing this should give us great confidence and boldness in our prayers. Amen. Now, I want to read from this book of 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, which says, If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin. I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin. I mean, this is just breathtaking. This is absolutely incredible. Because God is our Father, our prayers can heal this nation. Amen. I don't know if you heard me. Because God is our Father, our prayers can bring healing to this nation. Yeah. Child of God, know who you are and what authority you possess. Yeah. Every time we pray, the creator of the universe inclines his ears to us. 
So our decision to pray or not to pray matters. Our prayers cause things to happen that would not happen if we do not pray. Our personal and corporate prayers have significant implications for the world that we live in. Prayer is an immense and incredible privilege. And my desire is just that you will begin to see how amazing this is. What an awesome privilege it is to call God Father. And in his book, Knowing God, I believe J.I. Parker captures this the best way. He says, For everything Christ taught, everything that makes the New Testament new and better than the old, everything that is distinctly Christian as opposed to merely Jewish is the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. Father is the Christian name for God. I don't know if you ever prayed and called God Father, but I'm telling you, you need to start today because it's powerful. And you may think that I'm just standing here and saying these things, but I'm telling you, I know these things are true. These things are a fact. Because we pray to God as our Father, He hears us and we moves. I've seen these things in my own life. My life is a testimony that when we pray, God hears and He moves because He loves us. My parents and their friends, God bless them. They prayed me out of so many dead situations. So I'm here to testify to you that when the church prays, sinners are saved. When the church prays, captives are set free. When the church prays, God hears and God acts. So mom and dad, don't give up. Pray. Brothers and sisters, don't give up. Pray. Ocean Church, don't give up. Pray. When we pray, God hears and God listens. And it's for this very reason that we have, as a church, we have set apart the month of February and specifically the next 21 days to seek the Lord through prayer and fasting. And our hope is that we'll have Oceanites, that is you and I, spending concerted time in personal prayer. We really want people to be praying in the morning, people to be praying in the afternoon, people to be praying in the evening, we want people to be praying at night. But not only this, we want you guys to join us at the ministry center from 6 to 7 p.m. every Monday through, Friday, through Sunday for the next 21 days. We will have time of prayer together as a family. And I'm really pleading with you, don't just do these things at home. Come and join us at the ministry center. Please, there is power when we come before our Father as a united family. The next 21 days, is really a confession and a cry that we need more of you, God. We need more of you in our church, Heavenly Father. We need more of you to do the things that only you can do. When the fruits of the Spirit flourish in a church, we call that revival because the Holy Spirit is at work, giving life where our abilities have reached their limit. And really for us, this 21 days is a confession that we need revival, church. We need revival. We need revival. We need revival in this church. We need revival in our families. We need revival in our communities. And we need revival in this nation. And I encourage you, for the next 21 days and beyond, pray to our Father. Because when his children pray, his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning just to say thank you. 
Thank you that we can call you Father. Thank you that we can have an intimate relationship with you, Father God. Thank you that when we pray, you hear us. And Lord, this should give us great confidence when we pray, knowing that the God who created this universe, God who is the beginning and the end, knows us by name, and that he inclines our ears to hear us when we pray. So Father, I just pray that as we begin this journey of 21 days of praying and fasting tomorrow, Lord, that you will reveal to us, yourself to us in a new way, Father God, that we will come to know by experience that you are our Father, that you love us. Father, give us the ability to pray, Father God. Give us the words to say, Heavenly Father. Open our eyes to see the needs, not just of our own, but Lord, of our community, of our nation, of our families, Father God. Because prayer is not just about us. It's about your word, your people, your community. So Father, I just pray that you will have your way in this place. And perhaps you are here and you're born again, but you feel distant from God and that you're not worthy to be his child or to cry out to him. I just want to take this time to remind you that nothing can separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. The parable, the parable of the prodigal son depicts God as a father who runs to embrace and welcome back a son who had abandoned him to enjoy the pleasures of this world. And I'm here to tell you our Father has the same heart for you. He desires to welcome you back home. All you have to do is turn, and our Father will come running back to you. If this is you, I'd like to kindly request that you raise your hand. I would, I would like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you this morning. If you feel that you are distant from God, that you can't call him Father, I would like to pray for you. Thank you. Lord, come before you, Lord, for your sons and your daughters, Lord. Those who feel, Father God, that they are distant from you. Those who feel, Father God, that they are unworthy of being called your children. Lord, I just pray that today, Lord, you will remind them of your goodness. You will remind them, Father God, that you sent your son to die for them so that they can be part of your family, so that they can enjoy the privileges of calling you dad. Father God, I pray that they will leave this place encouraged today and reminded that their father in heaven loves them and cares for them. And if you're here and you do not know God as father, Today you have the opportunity to be part of his family. The Bible is very clear. All have sinned against God, and because of our sins, we deserve to be eternally separated from him. But God, because of his great love with which he loved us, sent his son to die so that you may live and become a member of his family. 
all you have to do is believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And with salvation, you will bear the name son or daughter of God. If there's somebody here who would like to accept this invitation and be a part of God's family, I'd like to pray for you. Kindly raise your hand. Our Father hears. He knows. He is compassionate. He's willing to welcome you home. He's willing to call you son and daughter. He's willing to wipe your slate clean. I'd like to pray with you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the gift of new birth, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, that you extend your hands out to us who are unworthy, Father God, but that you call us your sons and your daughters, Heavenly Father. That you give us this immense privilege, Father God, of being cleansed by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters who do not know you yet, Father God. May you give them that desire, Lord. May you show them your compassion. May you use us in this church, Heavenly Father, to witness and to testify to them the great privilege of being a son and daughter of God. It's in your mighty and holy name we pray. Amen.